Welcome to Alexander Mabry's Tales from the Tower. My name is Elliot Randall Wood. The Mystery of the Celtic Triangle, Part 1 The Bermuda Triangle, sometimes called the Devil's Triangle, is known to anyone with even the most fleeting of interests in the paranormal as the zone within the North Atlantic Ocean where a number of aircraft and ships have mysteriously disappeared. This is thought to be linked to the extremely high level of extraterrestrial activity within the area. What's less known, however, is that there are several other similar areas throughout the world. One such location can be found in the United Kingdom and is known locally as the Celtic Triangle. It's an area that covers approximately 17,000 square miles. Most of the Celtic Triangle is over the Irish Sea, but there are parts of Wales and Scotland that fall within it too, and it's within these areas that our story begins. The Celtic Triangle was named in the 1970s when three seemingly very separate towns found they shared a strange connection with one another. On the 4th of February 1977, in a small Welsh coastal town called Broadhaven, a group of schoolchildren rushed back into their classroom. They were overly excited, even for a Friday. They crashed into the room shouting that they'd just seen a silver-suited spaceman coming out of a spaceship. Unsurprisingly, their young, tired teacher, Miss Evans, didn't believe them. It had been a long week and she had a bottle of Blue Nun waiting for her in the fridge at home. All she had to do was make it to 3.30 and she could finally start the weekend. You see, Miss Evans had had her fill of close encounters when, a few years earlier, news outlets across the UK were all reporting an incident that took place near her family home that has since become known as the Welsh Roswell. The sky was clear on the evening of the 23rd of January 1974 and residents of the villages that lay at the foot of the Berwyn Mountains were being treated to an amazing if unexpected, light display that lasted several hours. Experts would later say that this was nothing more than a meteor shower, but local nurse Pat Evans has never been convinced. Pat said in a newspaper interview, it all started with these strange lights streaking across the sky, not long after it had gotten dark, which would have been around 4.30 or 5pm. At first, it was just one or two every five minutes or so. I thought to myself, those don't look like shooting stars, because we get to see quite a lot of them. Anyway, over the next few hours, the number of these lights that we could see whizzing overhead just got more and more until the sky was just full of them, and moving in all different directions too. Then, all of a sudden, they just stopped. Everyone went back inside and we thought nothing more of it. About half an hour passed and then there was this almighty explosion. I honestly thought the world was about to end right there and then. The explosion created a tremor so violent 
that those living in the villages near Berwyn Mountain felt the floor shake. It also made furniture move and caused objects to be thrown from shelves. It was so strong that it registered between 4 and 5 on the Richter scale, this in an area that can only be described as meteorologically stagnant. Several residents, including Pat, rushed outside to see what was going on. At first they thought an aircraft had crashed into the mountain. Eyewitnesses described seeing a mysterious orange glow on the mountainside that they initially thought to be the aircraft on fire. However, on closer inspection, they noticed the glow didn't flicker like flames should. In fact, the glow didn't move at all. Instead, it was spherical and perfectly still, pulsating between red and orange. Slightly lower down the mountain, they could see a number of much smaller lights that bobbed around suggesting they were lanterns being carried by people climbing up the mountain to the crash site. It wasn't long before the village was flooded with numerous emergency vehicles, including several police vans. Those residents who had gone out to see what was going on and offer help were quickly ushered back into their homes. The following day, the police released a statement saying that no trace of an aircraft had been found on the mountain and that the explosion was actually a naturally occurring earthquake, something those living in the area at the time, including Pat, have never believed. Monday morning, Miss Evans, who had had a lovely weekend, was sat in the classroom waiting for her class to arrive. She'd managed to call her mother, who was a nurse, for the first time in two weeks. Her mother's shifts had been particularly awkward the past fortnight, so she hadn't been able to call home. As she sat there, lost in her own thoughts, the children started to arrive. The topic of conversation was the spaceman they'd claimed to have seen that past Friday, with some children insisting they'd seen him again over the weekend. During the week that followed, there was little else the children spoke about other than the story of the spaceman. It got to the point where the headmaster of the school had to put a ban on the topic in order to try to get the children to focus on their schoolwork. The children responded to this ban by taking a petition that had been signed by every pupil at the school to the local police station demanding they investigate the matter fully. This prompted the police to contact the headmaster and they decided the best course of action was to gather together all the children involved in the alleged incident and ask them to each independently draw what they had seen. Despite the children not having access to each other or to the other drawings, each of them was able to create an image that was shockingly similar. Every child produced an almost identical picture of a saucer-shaped UFO with a dome on top. Nobody could explain how the children were able to replicate one another's drawings unless they had actually seen what they claimed to have seen. But visitors from other worlds? In Broadhaven? Miss Evans didn't believe it any more than she believed her own mother's stories of spaceships crashing into mountains. But 
she couldn't come up with an alternative explanation either, and so decided to allow herself to forget about it. If she didn't mention it, then her class, just like her own mother, would soon forget about it too. Throughout the following months, several others from towns and villages in the Haverford West area also reported bizarre and unusual sightings of saucer-shaped objects flying through the sky. When witnesses were asked to describe what they had seen, their descriptions were extremely close to those given by the children in Miss Evans's class. Then, just as quickly as the stories of silver-suited spacemen and flying saucers materialised, so they suddenly vanished. And that's where it ended, or so everybody thought. Join me next Tuesday for part two of the Celtic Triangle. My name is Elliot Randall Wood, and I hope your week is out of this world. <laughs>